Welcome to DJ Grandpa's Crip, the crowdfunding podcast. Each week, I interview real people with honest dreams. Today is Monday, June 9th, 2014. And during this week in history in 1972, Sammy Davis Jr. scored his only number one hit with the song, Candy Man. Oh, who can take tomorrow? And first up on the crib, we have a very rare individual indeed, Hoyt, from the Kickstarter, Technicolor. You're out of Atlanta. Yeah. A lot of artistic people move there. That's the reason I moved out here was uh, actually to be with my mentor, Brian Stelfreeze. Oh, okay. I moved out here to learn from him and and kind of took me under his wing and stuff, so it's awesome. I'm looking at your Kickstarter. You know, I was checking out your Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And on Kickstarter, your program, your, let's see, Technicolor, Mm -hmm. I I like that name for some reason. Thank you. I'd say Scott and people tend to tell me that they like it. Are you mainly an artist for hire on Kickstarter right now? Is that almost your whole Kickstarter or... No, we really have not. this book. This book is um, it's a collection of everything that I've done, every uh, major piece, and you know the best of what I've done in the past year. It's not a comic. It's not a comic, right? We I have some plans to include comics in there if we hit some stretch goals, right? But right now it's just an art book for the most part. And with the incentives for buying the book, I'm also offering like original art to be done inside the book as well as like just you know a personal like. Uh, something personal for you if you want something specific like a specific character for me to draw for you or everything like that because i make my living doing freelance comic book illustration i draw comics and i do animation and i do storyboarding but you're just like a hired gun like yeah. you know an artist for hire type of yeah that's right and if i wanted to find more of your work mm-hmm. where would i go <laughs> you'd go to hoytsilva.com there's plenty <laughs> of my work on hoytsilva.com all right all right hoyt Silva.com. That was what I was trying to get at. Gotcha. First. <laughs> Leading and I wasn't following, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it going to be a lot of color? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a... I guess that's a dumb question, though, because it's technicolor. So. <laughs> it's 72 pages, full color. And this, this is why it's so special, because it is like a special project to me. You know, it's, it's very dear to my heart. In these books, whenever I do these collections, it's a collection of some of my professional work, but mostly of my personal work, you know, which is why this means so much to me. You got to be passionate about something. What's your favorite stuff? Like to draw, to sketch, to just play around? Oh, to play around. I really like learning, man. <laughs> That's something I think I've... Uh... I know, but that is playing around. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my favorite thing to do is to draw comics, man. That's what I love to do. I got to keep you on point, man. What is up with this? <laughs> I got to keep you on point. Snap, reset. What are you going <laughs> to... Okay. So your favorite thing is learning. Your favorite thing is drawing. I mean, what I said, what was your favorite thing to draw? I like to tell stories. You know, when people come to me with, like, ideas for new comics and books and stuff like that, I really enjoy the storytelling aspect. Right. You know, figuring out how I can take you from one panel to the next, how I can make a drawing more dynamic to, you know, come across with the idea that I want to get across, you know, with whatever it is. Uh, If it's a dramatic moment or an action moment or whatever it is, getting that, like, point, that, like, 
sweet spot of just storytelling is, is where it's at for me. Okay, so your favorite thing to draw are stories. Yeah. You're a slippery individual there. <laughs> I see why you moved to Atlanta, man. I understand. I guess you've probably been drawn forever, ever since you was a kid, right? Yeah, I've been drawn ever since I was a kid. Uh, I gave it up for a little while. I uh, thought I was going to do business for whatever reason. Uh, quickly found out that wasn't the route for me. Wow. Oh. That is a 180, man. Yeah. Is yeah. that a 180? 180 That's what happens when you have like one parent that's supportive of all of I was about to say, did your parents get to you or what? One did, you know, so then I tried it out for a little while and it wasn't for me. So that is an artist career killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still on speaking terms with that parent? Uh sort of. <laughs> My dad wasn't a big, the biggest fan of it, but uh, I think he's starting to come around. So we'll see. You know, once he's seen that, like you know, for the past three years I've made a living doing it, he's eased up a little. Yeah, bit. I decided that this year the book would be entitled Technicolor because I wanted to showcase the same revolution that Technicolor had for black and white TV. I wanted to do it for my book. So like I said earlier, anything that I like get to tell a story with, I am like super enthused about. Right. That's the whole idea behind the uh, the covers for the book. Even though it's just like a cover, you know, there's a lot of storytelling going on there. You know, if you look at the front and back covers, it's like the reverse of the same scene. Right. You know, each woman is hiding something behind her back that the other mm. one doesn't see. So there's the whole element of like mystery there and everything. And You bring me to another question that I thought I would not get to ask or I thought I would forget to ask. Okay. You were good, man. <laughs> you seem to have these very voluptuous women <laughs> in your photos you know you tend to draw the things that you like and, uh, <laughs> so you know i like beautiful people everybody does everybody does you know so even in the year 4000 i mean <laughs> beauty will still be a problem or a or a virtue I like to draw beautiful people, but my conceptualization of what a beautiful person is might be different than yours. Even discussing it, it can get you into trouble. Yeah. When I saw your pictures and your, your trailer there on Kickstarter, I had to ask, or I was afraid to ask, but wanted to <laughs> ask. No questions held back, man. You're going to yeah. lead me a little bit. You, gotta, you can't hold those punches, man. How is Kickstarter treating you, man? Because it can be a little rough and tumble at times. Yeah, it is rough and tumble, man, but I have been feeling nothing but love, dude. You got any uh, backer comments or any backers you'd like to thank or anything like that? I'd like to thank Carl Owenby. Wow, we're doing shout outs. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that guy hooked me up, you know. Shout out to you. Thank you very much for everything. You know that song, you brighten my day, you light up my life. That's what you've been for me at this moment in time. <laughs> well, awesome, man. I'm glad I could bring a little sunshine to somebody. Yeah, man. Where are you stationed I'm out of? I'm right out of Washington, D.C., okay, man. Okay, we'll bring a little, little of that Georgia sun for you, man. You know, it's not like I was a bummer or anything like that, but right, it was just right, like... Yeah, you like this ray of sunshine, man. <laughs> that must be what Hoyt means. <laughs> well, last time I found out about it, my mom told me I was I was named after the street I was uh, conceived on. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little inside inside story. You know, you. right now you're getting a little too personal. I didn't really. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, voluptuous <laughs> women, streets you conceived on. Wow, man, you are a lot of information, man. You're a lot hey, to handle. Yeah. I'm an open book at times, and I guess that's not the greatest. <laughs> hey, when it comes to the art, you take care of business, and that's all that counts, man. That's all that counts. Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
Do you have any other inappropriate moments you'd like to mention? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We'll okay. see if we cross those bridges and we get there. Okay. Well, for anyone out there, before he goes too far again, go to kickstarter.com and check out Technicolor <laughs> by Hoyt Silver. Imagine what he could do in print after what he's just told me. <laughs> And if you can't find them there, always go to djgrandpa.com. We'll have links for Hoyt in his ravishing, I'm sure, sketchbook, soon to be released, Technicolor, as soon as it tours on Kickstarter first. Dude, I wish you the best on KS, always. Thank you, DJ Grandpa. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me, man. Really, I appreciate that. And please, if you have any more inappropriate moments, feel free to call me. As soon as I think of something, the first person I call. There was a time when the inhabitants of Skara only fought for dominance. When they only bled for honor. When they only killed for vengeance. That was before Jealous Lone pierced. How are you, Caesar? Not too bad. Well, let me introduce you, my colleague Jackson Adams, who is our man who is holding the fort in the, in the U.S. while we're working hard here in Europe. Jackson is handling our marketing and our PR. He is also our part-time journalist who is helping us uh, to write a book about the story of Scara. Jackson, are you there? Hello, can Jackson. you hear me? You really doing all of that, dude? I'm trying. I'm trying to keep on top of it all. It's quite a lot of fun, though, I'll tell you that. Tell me about the game a little bit. I mean, we don't want to leave people out because they haven't watched it. Yeah. They haven't been privy to the information that I have on the inside track. Skara starts with three races living on this planet, and it's it's like a normal planet in the right. sense of, you know, there's uh, mountains and rivers and plains. and A basic M-class planet. Yeah, your basic M-class planet, and... What happens is a nearby planet actually collides with the sun, which is called Salem. Right. And the planet causes this disaster, which changes the planet forever. So originally these three races that are living side by side, they have wars like a normal planet would. <laughs> All of a sudden it's uh, cast into chaos. Whole villages are swallowed up by earthquakes. The axis is torn off kilter. So what ends up happening is... Um, they have to survive in a much more dangerous place. To compound that, what happens is in the history is some new races come out. A group of brutes, kind of barbarians, come out of the mountains. They're called the Cairn. Right. And they're the most developed in the video game so far. And then another group comes from the south, and those are called the Salea. Those are the guys that look kind of like Spartan warriors. I don't know if I could um, survive in a world like that, but it does seem very exciting. It is indeed. And our co-founder, Pablo, who unfortunately cannot be here today, has been working on Skara and the universe for a long time now. How long? Around five years now. Pablo and I, we grew up together. Like 20 years ago, we started playing video games. and um, You never grew up. You kept exactly. playing video. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we lost like a whole generation like that in the U.S. That's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> anyway, hopefully we'll, we'll help to bring that back. Can you guys give me some guarantees? Like, like is this game so cool that you think it's going to create a whole new generation of couch potatoes? I mean, that's kind of like what I want to hear. 
<laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, we would say that. Not only it combines the best parts of why kids and people, you know, adults love video games. It, right. It takes like a versus game, you know, like the one-on-one experience with a very sophisticated fighting. Right. Think like a Mortal Kombat kind of situation. And it puts you from there, and all of a sudden, instead of just fighting one opponent, you're fighting 16. Right. You know, most games nowadays, you can run around and shoot each other, but in this game, you have swords. Well, I always like the Highlander approach with the swords and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, there will also be long-range weapons, but it's more, more, more like a close contact game. A lot of times I hear to get backers and stuff to trust you more on Kickstarter and crowdfunding. Do you have any like playthroughs or anything where people can actually see like, you know, like several minutes worth of people actually playing the game like you or Pablo or, you know, or Jackson playing the game so we can see what, what it's like. Is that on the page also on Kickstarter? We actually have a combination of two videos. One is a trailer, which is a cinematic trailer. Right, I got is... that part, yeah. But it's also a gameplay in, in the game. So actually what you can see is actually real gameplay. So people ask whether that is actually real gameplay because it looks like actually quite high quality. The re- reason being is because we're using the Unreal 4 engine, a new engine that not so many people are actually using, or at least they have not been using it for such a long time as we are. We've been using Unreal 4 engine for uh, 10 months already. And the result can be seen in the screen is it's actually a pretty cool looking, graphically speaking, video game. Now, during the length of the campaign, we're gonna keep releasing new races. Uh, we're hopefully finishing one new race next week and one new arena. So we're gonna be releasing new videos in the next few days. This game is ready to play. And actually backers, instead of having to wait a year for the game to be developed, they're gonna get to play the game the month we finish up. Wow. Uh, it's yeah. ready to play. We're raising money because we want to complete the game as much as we can and release it with as many races and scenarios as we can. One of the things we're offering is the chance to actually access the game basically the day after the campaign finishes. You mean the alpha? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah there will be bugs. It's not perfect, but right, you can right. play. But that's what we want because what we're actually looking is for the community to help us to actually create the game. We have a massive community already now who are actually helping us to actually design the game. Do you perceive in any sort of way, because to me it's hard to sell apps on Kickstarter and it's hard to sell mobile games on Kickstarter, meaning to get backer support and stuff, but you guys have a good running start and you're not an app and you're not a mobile game, but you're different because you're you're talking about being freemium, a free game or something like that. What are your ways to cut through the noise to get people to still understand that they need your support to build this world, that they're going to get the alpha build and get the play in and all that sort of stuff, but you guys still need their support. We have people asking two things. The number one is like, if the game is playable now, why are you looking for money, right? That's one of the questions we get. And the answer is, as we said earlier, like we are trying to put as many races and as many arenas in the game before it gets released. So at the moment we have only two kind of races available and two arenas. And by the time we want to put the game in Steam Early Access, we would like to have at least the five races and five or six arenas. Right. So that's what we're looking for, for the funding. The other question people ask is actually, well, if 
Scar is going to be a free-to-play video game. Why should I pay for it now, right? So that's when we have to do the hard sales work and explain that, first of all, the game is not 100% completed, as we say, so the money is going to go towards the development. That needs to be very clear. The second is that by backing the game in Kickstarter, you're going to have access to the game at least six months before anybody else. So in six months, you're going to have time to create your factions and your armies, maybe even your own cities, and be able to be one of the best prepared players in the game when the game is actually live and you have everybody coming in. The other thing we're doing is actually everybody backing us in Kickstarter, we're giving them 100% of the money they're pledged in virtual currency. So even though they're paying for the game because we need the, the money to complete the game, it's technically free, right? So if you put 20 bucks to get access to the beta of the game, right. you're going to have 20 bucks in virtual currency that you're going to be able to spend in acquiring new equipment. You can personalize your own weapons. You can buy new armors and other stuff. Oh, you can put a DJ uh, grandpa tattoo on your guy if you want. Yes. You can also personalize uh, physically your avatar by changing the color of your skin or, or putting a tattoo or something that physically will differentiate your avatar from others. It's almost like you've set it up like a, hmm, almost like a loan almost, you know. Kind of. You get the money now to finish the game, but they get exactly. more rewards later on as the game escalates and the community builds and things of that exactly. nature. And also for the backers now, we're offering special weapons that no one is going to be able to buy or to get during the game. So they're going to be unique for backers in Kickstarter. You put some thought into this, I see, trying to leverage mm -hmm. your position. You got any way to break this down, Jackson, what he said? Uh, I would say, yeah, I, I would give it a try. I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, you caught me off guard there. Yeah. Um, I'm well, sorry, you got man. Me there. It's just an awesome game, and it, you want to practice the game so you're good, so you're better than everyone else when they get to play it for free, so you, you get, like, practice time. I do like the name Scara, too. Does it have a special meaning or something? Funny enough, it was a name completely randomly assigned by Pablo, but actually talking now with people all around the world, we've learned that actually mean different things in, in, in different languages. The main one is actually Swedish. We learned that Scara is actually a, a very old settlement for Vikings. And funny enough, it seems to mean something like small army also, which actually fits very well with what we're actually trying to do here. And for anyone out there, go to kickstarter.com and check out Scara, The Blade Remains. And maybe I should spell it, S-K-A-R-A. -A. It's on Kickstarter, it's very crucial. I'd check it out if I were you. I've checked it out for myself and I think it's super cool. And for anyone out there, if you're looking for links, Go to djgrandpa.com and we'll have links for Caesar, for Pablo, and for Jackson so you can all check it out for yourselves. Dudes, thank you very much and I wish you and your team the best on KS. Thanks very thank much. So it's been a pleasure. Remember, we are the crowdfunding channel and we cover the globe. On this week's Meet the Crowd, we're joined by Tyler of Patreon.com a subscription crowdfunding platform. Dude, welcome. Hi there. Hi there. I hear that your, uh, your platform's like a breath of fresh air. 
Oh, well, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, I got a lot of kind words for you today. Oh, all right. <laughs> Is, are we, are we going to be recording this? One thing about me, I'm always recording. I'm like the government. <laughs> Where are you based out of? Washington, D.C. Told you I was like the government. You are like the government. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Grandpa, the number one G-man. There you go. <laughs> okay, Tyler, you are vice president of operations, and you have a very stylish video that, do I pronounce it patreon.com? That's correct. Right, in your about section, they have a very stylish video that proclaims their worth to the world, their social endeavors, all sorts of things. It does it in verse and rhyme. They got a second one with stick figures, how you turn your work into cash. That's right. Man, I read an article about you guys in Wired, and, you know, I'm about any way that allows artists to make a living. We want to send money to artists and creators, and that's our mission, and we're working every day to do it. That's the goal here. We call it ongoing crowdfunding for artists and creators. It's for anyone who's releasing digital content regularly. Uh, let's say 45% of our creators right now are YouTube creators, making right. short films or vlogs or music videos on YouTube. The other half is, is made up of web comics and writers and podcasters like yourself. Our CEO and, and co-founder, Jack Conti, is a YouTube creator himself, and he's got uh, hundreds of thousands of subscribers on his own personal channel and then as well as his band's uh, Pomplamoose. He's half of the band Pomplamoose. And they get millions of YouTube views every month. And his AdSense check came in the mail the other day, and, and it showed you know $212 for millions and millions of views that month. We believe that ad monetization is a, is a broken system. It's a broken way of valuing creators because the advertisers care about the amount of eyeballs, right? Right. And they can't measure how much those eyeballs love that specific piece of art or that specific video or that relationship that that fan has when they wake up every morning to watch the daily vlog. So we feel like our platform can measure that and give value for value directly to the creator. Millions of views and 200 and some odd dollars. You're, you're starting to sound like a Spotify story. It just doesn't make sense when you can fill football stadiums of people who are waiting for your next video to come out, you know? And then you get a check, you know, from YouTube for $110 or something like that. It's just not a good way to make a living. So our YouTube creators are making between 10x and 200x on Patreon what they're making on YouTube. I guess you just looked at the check and it just pissed you off and you had to come up with a new way or yeah, something. Yeah, so Jack called our co-founder, the brilliant Sam Yam, his freshman year roommate down at Stanford. Right. And he said, hey, Sam, this, this thing's broken. And what if I just turned to my fans and, and asked, you know, for a buck or two bucks per video I release, you know, then I'd be able to have a budget to make these incredible music videos that he makes. And Sam built the site in two or three months by himself and, and then we were up and we launched and Jack is now getting supported. I, I think it's like $5,000 per music video that he releases wow. and Jack was originally going to build it for his own site for jackconti.com. Selfish. And then he said, wait a second, this is working so well. All of his friends and he's, he's a part of this, you know, community. He said, why don't I just open it up to anyone who could use this for support and now we're signing up, uh, we're signing up 160 creators every day. Wow. Not selfish. I was wrong. Not selfish. He 160. shed. 
he shared it and now we're over 20,000 creators who are being funded and on Patreon and we're just so darn excited about it. Now, I guess I should share. I didn't find it myself, you know. How did you find it? It was shared to me by a fellow crowdfunder by the name of Randy who wishes to develop a crowdfunding site. So he and I just kept bouncing um, complaints back and forth, you know, not that we're negative people, but we kept bouncing complaints how project creators start to complain. We have to keep coming back to Kickstarter and the pot keeps getting lower every time. I try and do it on my own site. I get fewer and fewer views each time. I have a webcomic, I have an anthology, I have a this. And so they're like, I'm tired of having to do this because you know, it's not free money. You have to work hard for it as you should because people are strapped. First of all, I think Kickstarter can be great and I back multiple projects a year. I'm, I'm a too. huge, huge fan. But it doesn't make sense for people who have to continue to go back to the well and almost start from scratch every time they want to do a new project. What about the folks that are just releasing things regularly and want to keep doing what they're doing, who just want to keep doing their webcomic that's getting enjoyed every day or want to keep doing their podcast or want to keep making you know, cover music videos on YouTube? Right. They shouldn't have to make up an excuse or make up a reason to, to do a Kickstarter like, uh, now I'm going to go out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go out of my wheelhouse and I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to make a full record or I, I make vlogs and now I'm going to make a feature film and I'm going to go to Kickstarter. It's like we're for people who want to keep it in their wheelhouse and just keep doing what they do on a regular basis mm. and not have to create a new project from scratch and get all the new users again. I think the huge value add, one of the major value adds for Patreon is that patron manager that we give our creators. It's just a database of all the information of all of your top fans and it lasts forever. You don't lose it at the end of a project and have to start from scratch. So right. um, we're for folks who just want to keep doing what they're already doing and just need a little support to keep doing that. And it's like you hear content creators complaining about, dude, I do more social media. I can't even write songs anymore because this is all I do. Oh, I've heard the stories. I mean, yeah. I've, I've had, you know, 50 plus friends in bands that I've worked with do Kickstarter and they spend the whole year fulfilling the rewards and doing the shipping and running this company and they don't even get to create the art that they set out to create in the first place because they're too busy signing posters and shipping them internationally, et cetera, et cetera. So we try to work with our creators to make their rewards digital and scalable and easy to manage so that they can really focus on the art and focus on, on their actual content that they're producing. I did read one comment in the Wired article that okay. said, what if the pot gets too big and there's so many, <laughs> so many of us in the community that our checks dry up? Are you facing growing pains like that? I guess I would call it growing pains. No pains like that. A cool stat, though, is that 33% of our creators that are making money on Patreon are giving money on Patreon to other creators, which I think is just kind of tells you about the community that we're building here at Patreon. I mean, it's a generous bunch. It's the most generous people on the internet that I've met. They receive value by listening to your podcast every day. So they want to give a buck or two a month and they know that 95% of it's going back to the creator. I thought that was a cool stat worth sharing. That's totally cool. You got any more cool stats? Brag on, man, the American way. Come on. Brag on the American way. What, what else can I share? Uh, the average patron is spending $8 a month per creator on Patreon, which is, I think, fascinating. When, when the site launched, I thought it would be three bucks a month or four bucks a month. You know, that to me felt like a, a nice amount to give to a creator. And we were a fresh new platform. And 
you know, the first of its kind. So that was kind of our estimation and fans have proven once again more generous than expected. You said the first of your type of platform. Could you tell me what type of platform that is? A recurring subscription support based on just goodwill. We are the first and market leader in sustainable and reliable income for independent artists. Right, a serial contributor. Yeah, I got you, man. If anyone is looking for jobs, if I could give one small, small plug. I told you to brag, man. Come on, man. Don't make me have to say it three times. Because of the growth that we're having, we've got great momentum, great growth, and we're going to be looking to expand our team, most likely double to triple our team by the end of the year. So if anyone's interested, you could check out patreon.com slash jobs uh, and potentially help us fill some of our roles here. We have a freaking blast. Can I ask you one question that's totally off topic? Please do. Those are my favorite questions. What do you think about the whole Facebook thing, man? It's like we empower these social media platforms, and I guess you're one, so maybe it's wrong for you to answer. But it's like we empower these social media platforms, and when they become strong and whatever, you know, Wall Street savvy, they seem to just be they more forget. harmful than, you know, than the Google be harmless. Like like I say about Facebook, they, they I'll put it this way. I think Facebook has in essence almost killed things being able to go viral because they've metered people's pages down to like 1% or 2% of traffic. It's like you worked so hard for that over the years to build up that base, that fan base, and they through just an algorithm. I think it's really tough because like you said, everything turns into an algorithm as you reach scale. Right. But I think it's so important and what we're going to try and do is not forget about our core community. I think sometimes the big guns forget about their core community. And I, I won't you know, say any names, but some of the social media companies, it just rubs me the wrong way that creators and artists bring their fans to these social media companies and spend years, years building and crafting their communities. And they're very protective of them as they should be. Right. And then they bring them to these sites, send all the traffic, and these platforms get these massive valuations on the backs of artists and creators. And the creators see nothing in return, right? So the investors are making money and the company and the employees on the backs of artists and creators. And then they start making decisions at scale that, that really screw up those communities that the artists have then brought to their sites to give right. them those massive valuations and give them the success that they've had. And then they start making decisions that are better for the ecosystem of the company rather than the individual you know artists and creators at that company and that just rubs me the wrong way and we are not going to steer this ship in that direction every decision is going to be made back for the artist and creator our ceo is a creator himself most of us here are creators my brother does photography i'm he works here i'm a musician we've got you know piano players guitar players singers here everything and we just don't want to forget about our core community and what brought us here. And our decisions will be made for the individual creator. Our Jack, our CEO, is not even taking a salary. He's living off the Patreon income. We're mission-focused, and I don't want to see us. We won't become one of those right. Facebook or Twitters or Instagrams or whatnot. I mean, and you guys are having so much fun. What I wish for you is to be friendly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Go to Patreon.com, check out their About section, some very cool videos. and. Tyler, man, I appreciate your time and just giving DJ Grandpa a view of PatreonMan.com. All right, DJ Grandpa, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, I wish you the best. Same to you, sir. Take care. Mr. Ray Babylon.
I'd like to thank all our guests. I'd also like to thank our listeners. Each week, we couldn't do it without you guys. A special thanks goes out to Trevor Williams and to my mentor, The Mumbler, for providing music to DJ Grandpa's crib. Thanks to Jeffrey Banks, Bertram Zeke, and Zach Samal, our assistant editors. Until next week, so say we all. The homepage for DJ Grandpa's crib is djgrandpa.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, DJ Grandpa's crib, all one word. Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, which helps other people discover the show. And don't forget to leave a comment while you're there. Our producer is Von Rupert. The executive producer of this and all Bedrock Communications podcasts is AF Rupert.